This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. For my section on the purpose of the family, I've been talking about producing a godly seed. Producing a godly seed. And so the, the, the key that I wanted you all to understand is that, that you know, a godly seed is not just going to happen. You know, there's some things in my yard that I wish weren't there that I try and, and purposefully to, to dig down and to root up because no matter what I do, they just seem to spring back up over and over again. I can call those weeds, right? But a godly seed is not just going to happen. It has to be specific and very intentional. You have to be very purposeful. And God, because He is a purposeful God, He actually put in place a design, a mechanism to bring forth or to produce a godly seed. And that's called the family. So God, God had a specific idea in mind, a specific intention, a, a position that He wanted His children to be in. And He says, you know, the best way, the best way, out of His infinite wisdom, out of His infinite wisdom, He said the best way to bring forth what I'm looking for in the earth at this time is through the family unit. And so far, far be it from us, far be it from us to enter into these marriage unions so lightly. God had a specific purpose, an idea in mind when he, when, he, when he created and established the family unit. Far be it from us far, to have mental differences or, or to, to say that, that, that we're not compatible anymore and to split up and to divide up our family units. Far be it from... God had a specific design in mind. Far be it from us children to, to say, you know, our parents, they're just, they're just old. They don't know what's happening. They don't know what the deal is and what the, what the, what the, what the real truth is all about. This, these are a different times. They call for different mechanisms and different means. They don't know what's going on. You know what? God had a purpose and a design in mind. And it was through the family. It's through the family. We talked before that, you know, without, a, uh, without the fathers being in place... Without fathers, your, your, your voice being in place in your home as the voice of God for your family, that you're going to permanently, you're going to handicap your children for the rest of their Christian walk. For the rest of their Christian walk, fathers without your voice being as the voice of God in the home, not saying your own things, but saying what thus saith the Lord, not leading your own self, but having God as your head and as your covering, that you'll permanently handicap your children because they, they won't be able to listen to the voice of authority. They won't be able to listen to the voice of correction. And when God is speaking to them, when God is speaking to them, instead of being that, that filter of authority that they need to have in their life, they're going to have arguments and disagreements and disputings in their hearts like, well, you know what? Maybe it doesn't really take all of that. Maybe there's some other ways that we can go. God is saying this. And we need to follow it. Your voice needs to be such that, that when he speaks once, that immediately they respond. Your voice needs to be that, that, that when you say, this is where we're going, that everyone says, this is where we're going. This is, this is the direction that we're headed in. I need to line myself up. I need to get rid of my weights and those things that hold me back so that I can advance with what God is saying. So, fathers, you need to be that voice of authority. That as, as the voice of God in your home. 
and, and I'm not I'm not saying anything against any any uh, any mothers that, that that don't have a a father in the home. If, if that voice is not there, then you also need to be under authority. Because guess what? Christ said that he who receives you receives me. And if you don't receive him, that you so it, 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 the line of authority flows down. There shouldn't be a, a difference between what the father says and what the mother says. And if you're the mother and there's no father, there shouldn't be a difference between what God is saying and what you are saying is for the home. It should be the exact same standard that is set. These roles are given for purpose. Because God has an intention. He has a call to the family to produce spiritually and emotionally established believers who in turn get God's redemptive work done in the earth. If these believers are not spiritually established, then they're not they're, they're gonna they're gonna question the basis of their faith. They're not gonna have the, the ability to act because they're gonna be looking at other other signs and, and idols and graven images. If they're, not, if they're not emotionally established, then any, any offense or correction that comes their way, they're going to be easily shaken. They're going to be insecure in submitting themselves to authority, saying that, feeling that they have to be the greater one, thinking that someone is dissing them or talking about them or picking on them. You know, one thing I hate among the young men in this ministry is I hate excuses. I hate excuses. Don't, don't come with your excuses. When you're given an assignment, execute that assignment faithfully. There should be no, ex no more excuses. No more, or oh, I woke up late, or I was behind, or there was traffic, or I was sick, or my, my arms were sweaty, or my teeth hurt. You know, no more excuses. In the army, they say, yes, sir, no, sir, no excuses, sir. If you fail to meet the mark, if you fail to meet the standard, take responsibility for it. This is who I am, but guess what? I'm still submitted. This is what I did, but guess what? I'm still submitted. I'm an apprentice. I'm a learner. I'm not a master at this. I'm going to make mistakes, but guess what? My hand is still on the sacrifice. My hand is still on the altar. I'm still pressing my way in. You know, I thought I had it, but I didn't have it. Can you forgive me? I'm not going to make an excuse. Can you forgive me? I, that was my responsibility. I didn't execute on my responsibility. I'm not making the excuse. I'm still staying under the authority, though. I'm not going to run away. I'm not going to duck from the correction. Young men, stop making excuses. Don't make another excuse. Don't blame anybody else. It was my daddy that did this. It was my mom that did this. It was something else. Don't make another excuse. What God has called you to do, you can do. What God has called you to do, you can do. What God has called you to do, you can do. He has given you the power. He has given you the ability. But guess what? What God has not called you to do, you'll be continually frustrated in that thing. You keep putting your hands on things that God has not called you to do, you will continue to be frustrated, wasting your time, Wasting your resources trying to do what God has not called you to do. That's a tangent. But I think it's still in line. I think it's still in line. Go to our anchor scripture in the, in the book of Genesis, chapter 12.
your, your reasonings for why you can't do what you've been asked to do, those, those, are, those are called arguments. Those are, those are arguments. And guess what? They don't mean anything. They mean absolutely nothing. What God has called you to do, when we give instructions in this ministry, we give instructions to people that we know are capable of executing the instructions. We're not going to tell you to do something that we know you can't do. Because then we would not be sounding a true trumpet. We're not going to ask a two-year-old to drive a car. Because we know that they can't drive a car. That would just frustrate them and make us angry. What we ask you to put your hands on, we know you can do it. We know you have the ability and the capacity to do it. Put away your reasonings for not being faithful to what you've been called towards. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, into a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in these shall all the families of the earth be blessed. We said we're going to focus on, in these shall all the families of the earth be blessed. But guess what? Everything I've been saying about God's ability and his empowerment, about the light of authority, it's all found in these, in these first few scriptures. He says, I'm going to show you the land where you need to go. I'm giving you the instruction to leave, but guess what? I'm going to show you. He, he, even the line of authority is, you know what? Those that bless you, I'm going to bless them. Those that curse you, my hand is going to be against them. That's that line of authority. It's all in there. You know, truth is so fundamental that, that even the smallest nugget of the word, it contains the greatness of the gospel. If you would just open up your heart and open up your ears to hear what the Lord is saying, Every single thing that he is speaking will speak to you about your purpose, about his design and his destiny for your life. You have that burden on your heart. You say, this is what God is calling me to do, and I can't do anything else. And then you will see that God, God will be able to use you to bless all the families of the earth. All the families of the earth. This is the work for both of the parents. It's not just the father. It's for both of the parents to produce spiritually mature children that can be fruitful, that seek God's purpose and persistently live every moment of their lives with His purpose in mind. There's nothing that you can do in this life. There's no accomplishment. There's no job. There's no, there's no possessions. There's no status or fame that you can have outside of the purpose of God that means anything. That means anything. And so when you know what is most important, focus on what's most important. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. In His, right, in his way, in His direction, in His right direction, and all other things will be established. There's no degree that you could attain. There's no, there's no, there's no, there's no level of success or claim that you could have outside of God's purpose that would mean anything at all. It will be as wood, hay, and stubble when the fire comes. When trials and tribulations come, it will all be consumed and burned up. And all that will be left are the ashes. All that will be left are the ashes. Our key verse is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 
1 Corinthians chapter 14. Starting with verse 8. It says, For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to battle? So likewise ye accept ye utter by the tongue words easy to be understood. How is to be known what is spoken? For you shall speak into the air. For you speak as into the air. That's why we're trying to bring forth this teaching to you parents. Your voice needs to be as the voice of God in your home. Bringing forth godly counsel. Otherwise you're speaking as into the air. Your words are empty. They have no power. They have no, they have no lasting legacy. It's as though you were just speaking to a wall. Because that's how your, your children's face is. They're like a wall to you. Everything is bouncing off. Nothing is getting done. Because you're not speaking forth godly counsel. You're not living forth that godly example. But if you would speak forth godly counsel and godly example, guess what? It's not just the ones in your home. But I was looking at this about Abraham and, and the men that were raised in his household. Men that were able to defeat four kings when five kings couldn't defeat them. He just had 318 men his, in his home. 318 men in his home and they went and they did, they took care of business. They defeated four kings that five kings couldn't defeat. It put them on the run. It took their possessions. So you being a blessing, you're going to bless your community. You might find out that you're blessing your community before you see the actual change and the people in your own house get the, get the news flash. Before the people in your own house understand the end of the matter, other people outside of your home, they're going to be able to see your faithfulness. They're going to be able to see your integrity and line up under the word of God that you've spoken. And there's going to be a whole crowd, of, a whole community of witnesses saying, this is a faithful man, this is a faithful woman. You'd be a fool not to follow their instructions. And your children are going to raise and say, you know, I must be the fool. I must be the fool. Because here I am trying to argue with these. And these, these, are, these are capable men. These are capable people that are willing to submit themselves. Who am I? Who am I? Broke me. Broken me. Unskilled. Ignorant. Unknowledgeable. Who am I? If not for the words that they speak, look at the change that is being made in the lives of the people around them. If the trumpet gives an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to battle? If you're not speaking for godly words and godly counsel, your children, they'll begin to argue when they should be preparing themselves, when they should be girding their loins, Getting their gear ready for battle. We said now we're in a season where we completed our fast. This is a season of, of ingathering. This is a season of, of calling in. Calling in from all, all areas. Those that would hear the voice of the Lord. This is the season of ingathering. This is the time where you need to reach out to your cousins. Reach out to your Amy Nims. Reach out to your uncles. Call your sons and daughters and say, look, it's not just about dinner this time. It's about hearing the voice of God. 
This is the season of ingathering. Now is the time for the holy convocation when there are some things that need to come to an end so that the next thing can begin. There are some things that need to come to an end so that the next thing can begin. This is the season of ingathering. Reach out to your whole network. Say, now is the time to come in. Come in, come in, come in. Come into the house. Come in to hear the word of God. This is the season of ingathering. Our children, they have to be taught the value of God's purpose. And godly. they have to be taught how, how, how precious it is. They have to, to learn to, to attune their ears to the sound of the trumpet. We said that teaching is needed because the desires of the flesh, they're contrary to the purposes of God. Teaching is needed because the world system is contrary to the purposes of God. They will reward your children when they're actually failing. They'll tell them that they're doing good when they actually are going behind. God has called your children to have reign and rule, to dominate, to have dominion. They're trying to raise your children to be corporate slaves. They're training them to be, to be monkeys, bouncing the ball down their courts, catching balls on their fields. So that their plantation masters can profit from them. They're trying to use your children until they can use them up. And after they've used 30 years of their life and broken their bodies and broken their knees, it caused their brains to rattle around inside their heads so that they can't remember things anymore. Guess what? They won't even give them disability insurance. They won't even give them any, any disability or social security because that system would be broken too. This world is just looking to use them up. But God has a purpose. He has a plan in mind for your children. He has a desire for your children. Teaching is needed because without teaching, your children are going to waste their most precious commodity. Their most precious commodity, which is their time. They're going to waste their time. Entangled in dead works. Works that are not beneficial to the kingdom of God. Works that do not bring any glory to God. Instead of moving with God's purpose for this community. One thing in Genesis chapter 12 that I wanted you all to see is that God, he, he gave a commandment for Abraham to, to leave his country. To leave his kindred. To go to a place that God was going to follow after righteousness. But you know what he told him? He, he didn't tell him to leave his wife. He, di he didn't even tell him to leave his substance. Abraham even brought Lot with them. And Lot was supposed to come with him as, as, as a, because Abraham had no, no children. Lot was supposed to be his heir. He was supposed to be as a son. You know, there should have been 319 men. In Abraham's house, defeating those four, those, those, those four kings. There should have been, Lot should have been counted among that number. But here Lot, because of the, the temporary, the, 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 the imaginary success that he had, he didn't want to be as a son. He didn't want to be as one that was submitted. He didn't want to be as one that was under authority. But he said, you know what, I got my own. I got my own car. I got my own place to live. 
I got my own possessions in need. I got my own boys with me too. They all agree with me. Your boys will always agree with you. But where were they when Lot was taken captive? Where were they when the city was taken? They were nowhere to be found. They were nowhere to be found. And Abraham, he didn't even argue with him. This man that was supposed to be as his son, Abraham didn't even argue with him. You know, someone that's convinced against their will, they're of the same opinion still. We are not made to strive. Don't argue with your children. Set the standard. Set the standard and stick to it. It's not an argument. No, we're not. An argument is something where I can maybe give or take and we can maybe have a compromise or, or maybe an alternative solution. There is no alternative. God is the solution. So there is no arguing. There's no arguments. He says, you know what? If you go one way, I'll go the other. There's not going to be strife between us. He said, we'd be brethren. And Lot didn't even realize that Abraham had just left all his brethren behind. Because he was going to follow after righteousness. He was going to be submitted to God's will and God's purpose. And Lot thought that that was a good thing. He didn't realize that here Lot left with possessions that were rivaling Abraham's possessions. But just a short time later, Lot had nothing. The men, his, Lot's boys, they were arguing with Abraham's herdsmen about the resources on how to take care. They, they were nowhere to be found. Lot was all by himself. He had no more herds. All he had was himself and his family. And he didn't really have them either. Because he'd been speaking to them as one that speaks to a wall. Talking foolishness about what this world could offer and how to make it in this world. And he, he didn't have clue one. He didn't have any idea. He should have been studying under Abraham. Abraham was in the land, making the land productive, making the land work for him. And God continued to increase him. But guess what? With every increase, with every increase, Abraham just got lower. With every increase, Abraham bowed himself lower, submitted himself even more. And the people in Abraham's house, they saw that. And they adhered to that. And they prepared themselves. They wouldn't just ride his coattails. They prepared themselves so that when it was time for battle, they were ready. When the word came, they were ready to go and to put kings to flight. And to put kings to flight. Your money and your success, they, can't, they don't make your character. That man that you're looking at because he's got a little pocket change, you know what? That pocket change does not tell you anything at all about his character. It does not. Where, where is his submission? Can he show up to church on time? Is he making excuses like a boy? Or he's taking responsibility like a man? Don't look at the lint that's in his pockets. Look at the, the content of his character, his integrity. That's how you know. Is he submit? Does he have a covering? Does he have a head? We said we shouldn't, don't, don't, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised when there's people with little church experience 
with, with very little church experience that are, that are going to come into this place. Now is the time for the end gathering. Now is the time for the We should be seeing faces that we have not seen before. We should be seeing people that, that we're like, wow, we haven't seen you in years. Now is the time for the end gathering. Because now they'll be able to hear. They'll be able to hear what God is saying. Don't be surprised when people that, that you thought were, 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 were people that were out there, maybe on the edge. They're going to come. They're going to hear the word of God. They're going to hear the sound of the trumpet. And they're going to turn with their whole heart and follow after God. And some of you that have been here and your parents have been dragging you here since a young age. You're going you're gonna to wonder, how is that even possible? Because you yourself haven't made that change. Don't be surprised. That there would be those that would put themselves in position. That would prepare themselves. And they would be purposeful to accomplish the will of God. So we say, how are we going to make the corrections? We understand the importance of being that trumpet, of, of giving forth godly counsel. But we know that we have not been what God has called us to be. How do we make the corrections? In order for us to make the word of God and godly counsel to be that, 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 that voice of God in our homes, we're going to have to apply ourselves to worship. We're going to have to apply ourselves to worship. What is worship? Worship is to make oneself low. To bow down, to prostrate oneself before a superior with fear, with reverence. Worship says that I, I could stand up straight, but instead I'm going to make myself low. I could declare my own greatness, but instead I'm only going to declare the greatness of the Lord. I could say that my hands have done this, that my hands have accomplished these things. But instead, I'll say that all that I have is by the grace of God. Lord, all that you have given me, I give back to you. Because it all belongs to you. Lord, I'm not going to just give you enough. I'm not going to just give you a portion. But Lord, you can have it all. You can have all of it, God. Take all and take me too. Take me too, Lord. Consume it all with your fire. Burn it up completely, God. Because if I'm on fire for you, I know that I can do so much more. I know that my life will have so much more meaning than trying to live for myself. To live for myself, I'm going to lose my life. But to give my life to God, then I'll find true purpose. Then I'll find True purpose, true fulfillment, true sustenance. In producing a godly seed, we have to apply ourselves to worship. The head needs to be covered by authority. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. It says, But I would have you to know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonoreth his head. So we need to have our heads, we need to have our heads covered. We need to have authority over us. This passage of scripture uses a natural example of, of a physical head covering, but it speaks to a spiritual truth. That that men, we're not going around saying our own things. 
trying to set our own standards, but we're saying, no, we adhere to the standard of God. This is what God's standard is. As God has revealed this to me, I see now how this applies in our home at this time. This is the standard of God that we're declaring. Women, this is the standard of God that we're declaring. As God has revealed this to the head of my home, as it has been spoken unto me, I've also read the Scriptures and I agree. My man has his head covered. I understand what God is saying. This is the standard of God that we must establish in our home. To go out uncovered is to disgrace your head. It's to be a disgrace. It's to dishonor your head. It's to be in a foolish situation. A foolish situation. Babbling. Set a standard after the word of God and consistently apply the standard in your home. Restoring the word of God is a sure foundation. Go back in 1 Corinthians to chapter 3. If you get there, just write it down. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10. It says, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder. As a wise master builder. He said, this grace has been given unto me, not as a novice, not as someone that's new to this game, but I've applied myself to worship. I've submitted myself to hearing and understanding the word of God. And not as someone that's just trying out something new on you all, but as a wise master builder. I have laid the foundation in another build up thereon. But let every man take heed now how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. I'm only applying what I see in the Word of God through Jesus Christ. I'm not trying to set up a different foundation based on psychology or self-help or street smarts or hood knowledge. I'm speaking forth that, not that thing which is only relevant to the African-American experience, but the word that I'm speaking applies to every single ethnicity. I'm not speaking forth a word that's only for men. This is a word that's for men and women. And if you don't know if you're in one of those categories, keep listening to the word. You'll figure it out. I'm not speaking a word that's just for married people or for old people or for young people. This is a word that applies to all people because God loved the whole world. And he sent forth his world for all of them that they may be saved. Continuing now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones. These are indicative of the things that, that we should use for building materials. Wood, hay, and stubble, these are common things. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. The fire is coming. That's why we need to call in. That's why we need to gather in, because the fire is coming. You think the fire is already... The fire is coming. 
And your hood knowledge is not going to help you. Your street smarts is not going to help you. Only godly counsel in the Word of God is going to stand in that day. Your children are not going to be angels anymore. They're going to start acting up. The fire is coming. Your spouse is going to start questioning some things about your relationship and your commitment. And why don't we, why can't we be like boyfriends and girlfriends anymore? Why are things changed? You know what? The fire is coming. The fire is coming. And that wood, hay, and stubble is all going to burn up. Only those precious things that you've laid upon that foundation, the Word of God and godly counsel, that alone is going to stand. If you're married, one of, your, one of, your, one of you is going to die before the other one. The fire is coming. And you're going to be tried in that day. Your parents are going to get sick and they're going to pass away. The fire is coming. God forbid your children should pass away. The fire is coming. And you're going to be tried. And you're going to say, God, you know, why is this? What is your purpose in all of this? And the only way that you'll stand is if you place yourself on a sure foundation. On the Word of God and godly counsel. The only way that your children will be able to stand after you've gone is if they place themselves on the Word of God. And on godly, not on, not on how long mommy's pockets are, how long daddy's pockets are, and the stacks you left them. Because any, any inheritance, any money you leave behind is going to be spent like that. You're trying to leave behind farmland and possessions. Guess what? They're going to sell it as soon as you're gone. Those heirlooms that you gave them are going to be in the pawn shop 90 days later. Only the sure foundation... The sure foundation. We're going to have to get away from speaking to the air. These vain babblings, these foolish questions and, and contentions and strivings about the law. We're going to have to get away from that. Those things that are unprofitable. Questioning the role of authority. Questioning the role of the authority in this church. Questioning the role of the authority. Not giving the honor that is due to our pastor. Not giving the honor that is due to our pastor. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 6. He says, let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Trying to give our children instructions according to the course of this world. What our self-help books has told us. Colossians 2 and 8, it says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. It says, watch out for that. Be aware of that. If it's after the rudiments of this world, but it's not after Christ, that's just wood, hay, and stubble. We can't build with that. We cannot build with that. You know, some things may work for some people, or you think they do. You think they do. You think that those things are working for those people, but you don't even know. Some of the people that you, that you have on, your, on, your, on, your, on your, your favorite playlist, the movies that you go to, these people are caught up in substance abuse. They're caught up in all kinds of, a, a, of, abuse, of, a, of foolishness. Killing themselves. And you only find out after they've gone on that they, they actually had nothing. 
that they had nothing, that they left their children nothing, that their families were left as nothing, that they, 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 they toured the whole world, building concert halls, but their children, their lives were, were wrecked. They, they, they passed their children through the fire to be abused, to be abused by the world system. In producing the godly seed, let's go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians 4 verse 9. You're going to have to submit, apply yourself to worship. Build on a sure foundation, avoiding vain babblings. Avoiding the instructions that lead to disobedience and the, the, the instructions according to the course of this world. And producing the godly seed, Philippians 4 and verse 9, it says, Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. And the God of peace shall be... If you want peace in your home, if you want peace in your home, apply yourself to worship. Apply yourself to worship. So that your children can see the example. You know what? If your children are going to learn, then you're going to have to teach. If your children are going to learn, you're going to have to know how to teach. If your children are going to receive, you're going to have to learn how to give. If your children are going to learn to receive, you get to learn how to give. How do you give? You don't give children cake for breakfast. You don't give them the thing that they're asking for, that their flesh is longing for. You give them that which is needful to them. That which is benefit, that which strengthens them. That which challenges them. You don't put a weight on them that they can't, that they can't lift. You don't give car keys to a 12 year old. You don't try and give them responsibilities they cannot handle. But what you do is you give them what they can. And as they, as they, as they demonstrate faithfulness, from faith to faith, as faithfulness is demonstrated, then you give them more responsibilities to demonstrate an even greater faith. Why would we do it any different than what God does? He gives us foundational teachings. And then what else does He give us? He gives us foundational teachings. And then what else? He gives us foundational teachings. You're like, well, you know what? I, I, I heard this before. You know what He's going to give you then? Foundational teachings. So that you can demonstrate faithfulness. He doesn't move on to the next until you become a master of what He gave you the first time. If your children are going to hear... You're going to have to preach. If your children are going to hear, you're going to have to preach. Get over your hang-ups around preachers, around those that declare the gospel, around those that declare a standard. You know, we should all just get along. You know what? We should all just get along, along the path of righteousness. We should all get along the path of righteousness. If your children are going to hear, you're going to have to preach. Make sure you have a word for them that's from the Lord. You're going to have to learn to preach. 
a word that's from the Lord. If your children are going to see, if your children are going to see, you're going to have to demonstrate. Baby, I can show you better than I can tell you. I can show you better than I can tell you. I love this, this, this object lesson that they did with children. They're becoming disruptive. First, you, first you, you give them instructions verbally. And then you, you give them maybe, maybe a second time. Depends on how old they are. And he says, well, you know what? If, if you can't do it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my hands on your hands. I'm going to put my hands on your hands. And we're going to do it together. You don't want to pick up your toys. This is young children. You've got to start early. Yeah. If you don't want to pick up your toys... Okay, that's fine. I gave you the instructions. Let's, I'm going to put my hands on your hands. I'm not going to pick up your toys for you. I'm going to put my hands on your hands, and we're going to do it together. If your children are going to, are going to see it, you're going to have to demonstrate it for them. You're going to have to walk it through for them. You're not going to be able to tell them to adhere to a standard that you haven't applied yourself to. To bow down to worship where you have not bowed down to worship. How do we do this? We do it through faith. We do it through faith. Our personal conviction, our belief and our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. The reference for that is Romans chapter 1 verse 16. It says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. There's no shame in my game. I don't care what you think about me. I don't care what you think about me. There's no shame. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. It's for everyone. It's for, it's for those that are in my house, but guess what? I'm also going to apply it to all those in my community. Because if you can't get it from me telling it to you, I'm going to show you with 318 other examples of those that have applied themselves. Their lives will be fruitful. And you're going to come. You know what? I'll just be a servant in your house. I'll just be a servant in your house. No, you're meant to be a son. You're meant to be a son. If you're willing to submit yourself, you can be a son. I'm not going to downgrade you and say that you can only be... If you, if you will submit yourself, you can be a son. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So through your faith, through your, through your personal application of God's standard, through your trust in Him, that's how you're going to produce that godly seed. Through faithfulness, through your consistency, applying correction at an early age. I talked about my hands on your hands. Proverbs 13, verse 24. He that spareth the rod hates his son, but to whom he he loveth, he chasteneth be times. He he gets on them early. He gets on them early. Not out of anger, never out of frustration, but always declaring the standard of God. Declaring the standard of God. You know how you can never get, you can, you can avoid, I'm not saying that you're never going to be angry. How you can avoid being angry, how you can come back from anger, is apply yourself to faith. Go back to your personal faith. Your personal trust and belief in the Word of God. Because you know what? God loves your children more than you do. 
God loves your children more than you do. So you, you can come back from your anger. You can turn away from your anger. You can turn away from your frustration because He loves them more than you do. And He has a plan. He has a design in mind to get them in a position where they need to be. If they won't hear it from you, they'll hear it from the 318 others that you've made a difference in their lives. Through knowledge. When I say knowledge, I mean submission, which is the highest form of knowledge. Romans 10 and 2 says, For I bear them record that they have a zeal for God. You can be passionate about God, but not according to knowledge. You can just fly off of the handle and do your own thing and be completely lawless. For they being ignorant to God's righteousness, not having knowledge of God's standard, of the right way, and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. You're going to have to model submission. You're going to have to demonstrate submission for your children. And lastly, through love. Lastly, through love. Something that I share with my men's accountability group is that wisdom is, is knowledge plus love. Wisdom is knowledge plus love. I know, I know, I know from studying the Word of God for my own submission, I understand the direction that this family needs to take. But, you know, baby, I love you so much. I love you so much that I'm willing to sacrifice. I'm willing to sacrifice my own comfort, my own needs. I'm willing to sacrifice my time, my resources, my pride. I don't need to see you catch that ball. You know what? Other people, they're, they're cheering for that. I cheer for you when you come into the church on Sunday morning. The, the, the world is cheering for your children when they catch the footballs on Saturday. But you should be cheering when they walk in the door on Sunday morning. Through love. Though I speak with the... 1 Corinthians 13 and 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not charity, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. If I don't have love, I'm going to sound an uncertain sound. My trumpet sound will not be true. It will not be godly counsel and godly wisdom. It says in a different translation, uh, the four, First Corinthians 14 and 1, it says, Pursue love and strive for spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Chase after love. Pursue love. Stop trying to chase after games and things and stuff. Pursue love. Chase after it. Strive that you would have the things that God would have for you to have ready at this time so that you are prepared and in position. And then we will be able to produce the seed that God is calling for. The seed that is needed in this time, in this community. Then once we've gathered in, once we have gathered in, God can deposit into us that which will be a blessing to this entire community. That which will be a blessing in all of the families of Round Rock. All the families of Georgetown. All the families of Austin.
all of the families in this earth will be blessed by what God is doing in this season. Amen? Amen. You can stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net. Thank you.